Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. While it is debatable, there are many in our uh, culture and society today who would argue that chivalry is dead. Um, what it means to be a gentleman, uh, some of the things that I was raised to, you hold the door for a lady or her seat before she is seated. If you get on a bus and there's no more seats available, you give up your seat uh, for a lady. Those are some of the things I was raised in, but especially around the time that I began dating. My father especially took me aside and said, Dan, it's bigger than that. It's much more than that. You need to treat your date with respect. And in so doing, you need to demonstrate that she matters to you. And you need to demonstrate it to her by your actions. And some of the things that my dad set before me was this. A gentleman always puts himself between the gal that he's dating and the curb. In the event a car comes along or a vehicle comes along and splashes up mud or dirt, the guy is supposed to take the mud and the dirt and, and to protect the lady from that. Uh, a gentleman always gives up his jacket back in the days when gentlemen wore jackets. <laughs> He's looking. But a gentleman always gives up his jacket for a lady, especially if the weather turns cold or if it starts to rain. A gentleman will gladly give over his jacket to the lady. And above all else, a gentleman will always see the gal safely to her destination. He will not leave until he knows that she is safe and secure wherever she is at. In essence, what my dad conveyed to me was that a gentleman is someone who is ready to sacrifice, who's ready to die for, so to speak, this gal that he's trying to demonstrate to her that she matters to him. Uh, now, I share that with you because today we are focusing on Romans 14, which, which was just read to us, where the Apostle Paul speaks about living for things that truly matter. 
Every one of us has a moment in our life. If you haven't yet had it yet, you will. But everyone has a moment in our lives where we ask, what would I die for? And oftentimes what precipitates that kind of question is we see it demonstrated by somebody who gives up their life for someone else or for a, a certain cause or a certain uh, value in their life. And it causes us to ask, what, what would I be ready to die for? What would be so important to me that I would be ready to give up my life? And it leads us to asking questions about what we truly value in our life, what is most important to us. And it leads not only to the question of what would I die for, but to the even greater question of what am I living for? What are the things that truly matter in my life that I am setting aside as a priority, as most importance to me? Now, for us as Christians, before we even begin to answer that question, we, need, we would do well to consider again the foundation of our faith. And that's what the Apostle Paul is doing for us in Romans 14. Paul reminds us multiple times that you and I, we already belong to God. We are accepted by God. And so we go back and remind ourselves of this foundational truth. You see, in our text, Paul opens up by talking about disputable matters, things that were nothing more than opinions of others, and quarrels were rising up about these disputable matters. Well, my friends, the fact that you and I belong to God is not a disputable matter. This is the cornerstone of our faith, that you and I are saved by God's grace through faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our faith lays hold of the gifts that God has freely given to us through His Son, Jesus. It's not something that we do, but instead, faith is a free gift that God gives to us through His Son, Jesus. We are saved by faith alone. We are saved by what Jesus has done. This is the foundational truth of who we are. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, we belong to Almighty God. But today we're not simply talking about saving faith which God has worked in us. We are also talking about that expanded understanding of faith which we also have as believers, which we define as our daily walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What are you doing with your life? And for us as Christians, we mark the cornerstone of our faith as what happened right here at the font. And it may not have happened at this font. It may have been at another font, another church. It may have happened in a living room or in a hospital room. But wherever you or I were baptized, that is the moment we identify as that occasion upon which God laid claim to us. That is the moment when he gave us saving faith and started us on this path, on this road, where we are now walking with our Lord Jesus Christ. That journey that each of us is on even now. So that is where then you and I could say that our life story goes like this. I was baptized and then. Baptism and our identity as a child of God is meant to be a difference, to, to make a change in our lives. In fact, Scripture tells us that we must be different. 
because we walk with Jesus. We must be different because the word of Christ dwells in us richly. We must be different because we have been washed in the waters of holy baptism. I was baptized and then. But odds are, I think if we had a moment of honesty, each of us can look back on periods of our life and say, well, that was not one of my stellar moments as a child of God. And what a wonder it is to know a good and gracious God. What a wonder to belong to Him, to say that because I belong to Him, because He has called me His own, my story isn't I was baptized and then, but rather my story is I was baptized and now. And we begin to realize in that now of right of, of today that God is calling each and every one of us every single day as a redeemed child of God, as a baptized child of God to make this day a day where we live for Him. And what we see is that God is calling us to use the faith that He has given to us as a gift. Our walk with Jesus to be a reflection, a testimony of what we believe concerning what God has done for us through Jesus. And that is how we are to approach every day of our lives. We are to live for things that truly matter because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, that's a pretty tall order, isn't it? I mean, it might even be difficult for us to, to even begin to comprehend it sometimes. But the wonderful truth is that as God gives us the gift of faith, He doesn't just leave us to our own power to follow through. Instead, God empowers us through His Holy Spirit. Unless we should say that this is something for the young or the more ambitious, we're reminded in Scripture of individuals like Moses. How old was Moses when he was called by God to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? Anybody know offhand? Well, he wasn't young, 80 years old. I've got a few years to go before I get there, but 80 years old. And God doesn't just simply call the wise. We can look at examples of the prophets, one who, one who said, oh, but Lord, I am so young. I'm just a child. God doesn't just call those who are wealthy. We recall the countless shepherds and fishermen whom God used for his service. And even then, God doesn't just call the poor and lowly because we remember someone like King Solomon who was given wealth and wisdom beyond what anyone else ever knew. God calls each and every individual uniquely to make their life a testimony to what Jesus Christ has done for them. Now, the unfortunate reality is, is that we can so often spend our lives on things that really do not matter. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is dealing with here in Romans 14. There were some Christians in the church in Rome who were quarreling over whether or not they should eat meat. And then there were others who were quarreling over which day and which time was the best day and the best time to worship Jesus. And of course, here we know it's 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings, right? That's the best time to worship Jesus. Well... We could go further into the background of some of these disagreements, but suffice it to say 
that these were quarrels that the Apostle Paul said had to be put behind them because in the end, they really didn't matter. In essence, Paul here is telling them, you're not to be living for your stomach or for your schedule. You are to be living for your Lord Jesus Christ. And rather than allow matters of opinion, disputable matters, to divide us and to keep us apart or to drive us apart, Paul is telling us that we are to allow them as moments where we give thanks to God for an opportunity to interact with one another in a God-pleasing way, in a way that honors God and in a way that furthers our relationships with one another. And that is such practical advice for us. To be willing to look through all that Rolodex of issues that we have in our lives, the opinions uh, that we hold, and to consider, are these things that really matter? Are these things for which Jesus died? And whether we answer yes or no, to then say, Lord, allow this moment to be a moment to where I can give testimony to the difference that you have made in my life. Lord, allow this to be a moment where, if need be, I can display your forgiveness and your grace and your love, the same which you have demonstrated to me. So permit me to ask, what thing have you been making a big deal about? What have you been chewing over in your mind or perhaps even in judgmental conversations with others? that really, when you sit down and think about it, isn't that big a deal at all. Dear Christian, live for things that matter. Look for those moments where God is calling you to unique things, things where you can make a difference in the life of somebody else, especially, perhaps, an eternal difference. Sometimes it seems so hard for people to, to grasp this truth and this reality in life. I mean, a lot of Christians will say, well, I don't know exactly where to start, or I don't know what to do. I, I hear you saying that God is calling me, but I don't know what that means. And the first thing we typically do is we, we look for somebody that we really admire, and, and, and it's doing something powerful, and we oftentimes say, well, I want to be that person, or I want to do that thing that that person is doing. We may even look to the saints of old and, and say, well, I want to do what Thomas did. I, didn't, I know he didn't have a great start in the, in, in the minds of many, but, but he went on to evangelize the world. I want to do what Thomas did. Or, or maybe I want to be like somebody in our church that I admire. I want to feed all the people, all the homeless in Indianapolis. But that may not be your calling. We are not called to reflect other people, no matter how much we may admire them. You and I are called to reflect our Lord Jesus Christ and to reflect Jesus in our everyday situations of life, in the events, in the seasons that God unfolds before us. That is where you are uniquely called to your life. So I want you to ask yourself, what gets you out of bed in the morning? More than just the alarm clock. What is it that really charges you up? What is it that you look forward to? What is the thing that you can say, here is an opportunity where God is not only wanting to work in my heart, but wanting to work in my life? 
And it can be something as simple as your spouse. It can be something as simple as someone whom you dearly love, somebody to whom you are indebted and endeared in a good way. Maybe it's recognizing your neighbor down the street who's having a tough go in life right now. Maybe it's at your job or, or someone at your school or, or, or whatever. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Because it matters. The unfortunate reality, if we're honest, is that many Christians are simply sleepwalking through life. A lot of Christians wake up every morning and smell the routine. So I want to suggest a very simple way in which each and, each and every one of us can, can begin each and every day with our mind on what God has in mind for us. First thing in the morning, remind yourself what Jesus Christ has done for you. And it can be done very simply. Just take a yellow sticky note or a piece of paper with a note on it. And just write something simple on that note so that you see it first thing in the morning. Something like, Jesus died for me. Or maybe, Jesus loves me. Or I belong to Jesus. Something that, that's, that is that simple. Put it on your mirror so that you see it each and every day. And start off your day being mindful of who you are as a child of God. Or perhaps first thing in the morning when you awake, rather than pull out your smartphone, avoid the temptation to do that and just simply say to yourself, I belong to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And make the sign of the cross reminding you of who you are, whose you are through your faith in Jesus Christ. And perhaps you could add with it a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for living and dying for me. Help me this day to live for things that truly matter. And then go forth and throughout your day, keep your eyes and your heart open to the opportunities that unfold before you where you can be a reflection, a living testimony of the difference that Jesus Christ has made in your life and can make in the lives of others. <coughs> My dear friends, the reformers of the church had a phrase, something that a lot of them would, would write at the very bottom of, of their written works or, or music. It was the Latin phrase, soli deo gloria, which means to God alone be the glory. Because Jesus has lived and died for you and for me, may you and I live and die for him. May we live for those things that truly matter. May others see in us, in our behavior, the things we say, the things we do, that this is what matters above all else. To God alone be the glory. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, may it keep your hearts and your minds through your faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.